Alright, well, ready? Yes. Hey, girl. Oh my god, it took me 15 minutes just to log in. That fucking, this computer's slow as shit. But hey, how's it going? Going good. You have like the official vibe of a podcaster right now. You have your mic, you're sipping on tea, we're about to spill tea. Okay, all the possibilities. Let's talk about how women are too, need to be more feminine and stuff. That's what male podcasters talk about. That's why oh, I was going to say, I was like, are we really? Because that's sexist as shit. I'm so glad that was like the. Yeah, I was, I was the microphone does something to you. Like you get to, to be like a shitty podcaster when you have this microphone. It's, it's what will help them kind of make up for the lack of dick energy that they have sometimes, yeah, you know? Because this mic has girth. Y'all can't see it, but it's a girthy mic. It's like. I'm trying to describe it. It looks like a little, it looks like a vibrator, low-key. It looks like the wand. Yeah, it, this definitely looks like a mushroom, too. <laughs> Our minds spark in different ways. So How are you, though? about dick this episode? <laughs> no, we're not gonna, we don't have to talk about dick in this episode. Yeah, I'm um, talk about dicks, but not the anatomy of a dick. Anatomy of, what is there to say, anyway? Okay, I don't want to, I don't want to get canceled. Sorry, sorry, okay. But. Yeah, you're being sexist today, just because you have a mic. And I just, the dick energy, like being a dick. Oh my God, there's so many connections. The dick, the girthiness of the mic, the dick energy, I'm being a dick. So deep, so deep. If anyone out there can help us analyze what she just said, that'd be great because I'm still lost. Uh, I'm a dick just because it's who I am as a person. So I'm sorry, not sorry. So I'm more of an asshole. I'm on the other end of the anatomy. To pick up this, the sipping of the tea. <laughs> So people can hear this me. This is a podcast, not no fucking ASMR shit. First of all, before ASMR, there was radio, and it, radio used effects. Okay, we can use effects. I'm like, anyways, how are you though? I'm good. Today was chill. Today I woke up before twelve, so it's a win. <laughs> woke up. I woke up eleven fifty nine. I'm just kidding. I woke <laughs> up at like for actually I woke up at nine thirty, and then I went back to sleep and woke up at ten. Um, which I've been waking up like past 12 a lot. It's bad. I've just been off. My sleep has been off. Like I haven't been able to sleep, but because of Mother's Day, my mom had a little party for, for um, her mom, like, for my godmothers, my, my, I mean, my godmother and like her family friend who's like a big sister to me. And she came with her kids and, you know, being the youngest kid or like the youngest adult there, I always end up watching the babies. <laughs> How old are these babies? They're probably like 14. Well, one is 12. The other one was like a three-year-old, which I was oh. mostly like watching her. And then, you, you know, my house, it's not the most child-friendly house. So Yeah, no, there's fucking glass everywhere. There's flames everywhere. It's like, like nice furniture. And this baby is fucking coming. literal fucking um, escape room for these bitches. So yeah, I mean, it's escape room for no for offense. Like it's, it's a cute, it's a cute environment, but you know, you, you sometimes forget that certain things need to be childproof so yes so I was just chasing her watching her and I love kids you know so I loved playing with her and stuff but then after that I was so exhausted and I was like how am I supposed to be a mom when I'm tired from monitoring a child 
I'm not even taking this child home, not even breastfeeding this child. I'm just watching it so it doesn't bump into tables and stuff. And I was exhausted. Well, I was running around a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, I'm exhausted just talking to adults. So (laughs) yeah, are a whole different uh, entity. So I get. So when I when I went home, I was watching some YouTube video on my couch and I fell asleep. It was around eight o'clock. I woke up at twelve. I was not being there for a long ass time. I was like, this child is going to put my sleep on track. And then I couldn't sleep until like. You're already out here struggling. struggling. And then, but then like, I couldn't sleep till like three o'clock. Cause of course I was sleeping on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's going to get, my, my sleep is going to be back on track. Um, Yeah. And then I applied to some jobs today, still unemployed. Mm. That sucks. Should we have a countdown? No, it's too depressing. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I bitch just, loves a countdown. So I know, but it just oh, it sucks. Especially like when I the last interview, two interviews I had, I was like, I have to to get these. Now I know it's just it's just crazy out here because if you part yeah. of you experienced for you have experience for, yeah. you don't get it, and you know that something else is going on here. Well, you know there it's a, are it's a rough market. No, the market is really bad. And I'm not, yeah. you know, you know me, I'm not wanting to know about like politics or really pay attention to them or listen to all the like conspiracy theories out there. But I've talked to different people who work in different sort of realms of things, whether education or even like business. And the common theme that I've heard, and they all come from different political backgrounds, but the common theme that I've heard is that the recession, if you think it's not bad now, it's going to be bad in like early next year. So it's kind right. of scary um to think about like it's going to be really bad where like some people are talking about certain full-time positions now will be part-time instead like they're like a lot of businesses are going to have to evaluate what it means to be um what their like company is capable of doing and withholding so that's capitalism in a nutshell I also yesterday uh Kyle my brother-in-law and Kevin were talking about the debt ceiling and I didn't realize that that was in conversations and like if things don't go well like there's a government shutdown and shit goes downhill there so it's real so i'm trying to save money but i'm only earning cents so literally for every one penny that someone donates i'm only one penny richer so that's where i'm at that's rough that's rough especially since like interviews are exhausting as hell yeah and i mean i kind of only have i don't have a lot of skills really i mean i have skills but like they're not the traditional skills. They're not the traditional skills. skills, but also yeah. they're not like if you are if you have tech skills, you're gonna get hired. Right. No. And I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't say that to like be condescending. I say it because I can relate. Where it's just like we came from a liberal arts school, right? Yeah. Our skills are our communication. They're very much like troubleshooting and team building. But we don't. This, have this is our skill, and you 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 literally say this all the time. Let's unpack that. Let's talk I about I say it. that? I've never said that. You said let's unpack that before. When? But I, we've I've heard you say that in conversation. I don't know when in we, the podcast? Maybe. God. Or but don't but don't be hard on yourself. We went to a liberal arts college. That it just happens. Um but also speaking of like liberal arts, just education, whatever. Today I went to a talk with my dad at University of Chicago. They have like my dad said, they have these talks. Do you want to come to one of them? Sure. And I don't have an economic background, but it was like a, or globalization, education, whatever. It was basically about that, like the IMF, uh, the IMF. So that's the, I just learned this. It means international mutual fund, A, and like the World Bank and how they were influenced in making globalization. And so I understood like things on like a high, like on a 
surface level like basic stuff yeah and i told my dad at the end of the what were we talking about it i was like so basically white people will be whiting Damn. that's what i got from it because it's just what like dad say he's like basically <laughs> <laughs> but you know it just shows you like how everything's connected but i bring this up because like I was, this is the first time I've been in like an academic environment in so long and hearing people talk and I kind of, I, 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 I missed it. I was like, oh my God, all these people yeah. use unnecessary words. I hated this oh shit. When I, was, I hate this shit when I was getting graded, but look at I, the jargon. I, I have no, I have no stakes in this. I love, I also, I just, I mean, I think you can relate to this too, being like, I think the average person, we're going to work in some type of like like corporate job or like lame office job or even just like like retail jobs or whatever those jobs are not mind expanding they're just like you do your job you maybe you get like I talked about oh I love scheduling no I don't it's really basic but there's sometimes where things are very interesting in a way but like I know yeah there's some sometimes I wish maybe I should have like just done better and try to get into academia but I heard working in academia is stressful too like it's oh god don't it, do it, it. yeah pay is no, terrible. I, no yeah, it's too late for me it's too late for me <laughs> no I was thinking about doing a PhD right after college and I was part of this program you would, um, I mean you would do good at it because you were a, a what is it a, a melon a melon scholar. yeah I was a melon May scholar yeah um you know the more I talk about my past with my coworkers, I have one in particular who's always like you could have worked for the CIA because you have this like other life that people don't know about. I just don't talk about it. Cause it's like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I studied abroad. Cool. I did research. That's cool. But to me, it's just like, I don't know if I'm just being humble or if I just want to block it out because I, I feel being, bad. I think you're being humble. I also feel bad. Cause it's like, I had all these titles and things right as an undergrad. And, and it's like, where have I gone with that? You know? And I feel like it goes yeah. back to the conversation that we had in the earlier podcast, where it's like, it's just me setting up these stressors of what what success should look like by now because of this traditional mindset that we've set we've we've been conditioned to have. Um, but um, yeah, no, I was going to do a PhD program right after college, and I was part of this program that was supposed to help you get into it, and I got assigned an advisor. And man, I don't remember her name, and honestly, I blocked most of us out. But I don't think I've told people about this. She was a bitch. I'm sorry. I don't mm -hmm. say that often. And I oftentimes don't say the C word either, but like it would apply here. Like whoever, whoever you are, you're a bitch and you are. No, well, here's word. the thing. You would be paired up with a professor with similar sort of background in terms of what your area of study want would be. For me, I really love doing sort of like hands-on research, like doing interviews and like learning more about the people and kind of like doing oral histories kind of things. And so my proposed project was my quinceanera project, right? Like where I talked about the importance of it in our culture and how, in my view, it's sort of like a way to beat the patriarchy because you're using systems of patriarchy for women, Latina women in particular, to kind of like be like, this is my stamp and this is my sense of power. Um, man, this fucking professor, it was, divert it was through a phone call all the time. Every single time I met with her, like, at the end of it, I would just sit there and cry because she was like, these were 45 minute check-ins and she would literally tear my research paper apart. It's one thing for it to be like critical and logistical and, and, and like analytical with a purpose, but she was doing it out of spite. And it was rough because she at some point was like, there's no purpose to your research because everything you're saying is problematic literally word for word and that just stayed in my brain uh, yeah girl was this, is this a white woman i don't know i never again i forgot her name i don't even remember 
what's goal? I think it might've been an Andover somewhere. I don't remember her name. And I think she might've been a woman of color, but she definitely came from like higher class background. And even if she wasn't, regardless, like the purpose of this, of this program was to have people like me move into higher sets of academia. And one of the things that I always heard from people was that there will always be someone there who will question your research. And this is just the application for the program itself. Like they were supposed to help you apply to like PhD programs. And I was so fucking devastated to the point where it's just like, you know what, fuck this shit. Because let's say at the end of it all, I go through this, I get my PhD, I do my research. I'm literally going to then be teaching a class of students who I'm trying to, I guess I... uh, I'm not trying to write history for. Does that make any sense? I feel like the majority yeah. of students who go to these higher education institutions are white kids from wealthier backgrounds. So let's be real. And if they're students of color, they're struggling. And it's just like, not just because of finances, but it's also like, this is a sort of like reality check for you. So I realized mm-hmm. that maybe the PhD program wasn't for me. I don't want to, you know, preach to the crowd and not make it different. So that's why I went this other route. But all that to say, it's rough. Yeah, I know you mentioned how she said something was problematic. Do you remember what? Like what? I think it was more along the lines of was like making assumptions just based on like what these women were saying in their interviews. But like the interviews that I transcribed, like a lot of them were straight up. They were like, my husband wouldn't do this. So that's where we come into play. And I remember one of the, um, I think it was one of the dressmakers that I interviewed. Even she was like, um this is the way that we as women not only create history, but also tell men that we too are in power, right? Like here's a woman who has her own business and shit. And I think that was pretty dope. And like every little aspect of the quinceanera has a sense of symbolism. And I think some of it is kind of like paints this picture of being a docile young woman. But the reality is like the women behind the scenes are doing so much to show people that, you know, it's not always going to be about Latino men, right? So I was able to kind of address that. And I think it was just that, like, me making these assumptions about how Latina women are in power. And it was it was weird. It was a weird vibe. Again, even now thinking about it. But uh, doesn't all so research start with an assumption? Like, and you're using your research to prove right. it? Right, and I'm using my fucking interviews. But it was so... Well, hard. I'm not a melon scholar, so I don't know. I just, you know, I'm Dude, just... I don't know. I've only experienced... I don't think I've experienced heartbreak because of um a romance or anything. Like, I think there was one time where I was, like, disappointed in myself. But that wasn't a heartbreak. It's when that asshole was twerking on white girls. But we're not going to go into oh, that. <sighs> that was when I was like, what the fuck? I felt so stupid. But I think the only other time I felt heartbreak was, like during that moment because it's just like fuck this is what I thought I wanted to be but for someone who's in academia who is the expert for her to basically say your research is shit it's like fuck that hits a different way it's like having someone kind of like tell you like with your creative writing and everything that you're doing just being like there's no point for you to do it because everything you're doing has no point I actually have an experience of that at Oberlin and it really and I think I understand what he was trying to say, but still it was an asshole thing to say. And I think a lot of male professors, I think kind of get off of like telling mm-hmm. young women that you're not creative enough because it's like, cause of course, like I'm thirsty. I want to know, am I talented enough? Am I gonna, you know? Yeah. So like I went to him and I just, oh, it was a cinema studies class, whatever the script, I mean, the script probably wasn't that all that great, but of course I'm a young student in college. All the shit you're writing in college isn't that great. Um, but honestly no him. I looked back and I was like how the fuck did I yeah. get an A in that paper yeah and then I was asking him do you think I'm a writer 
And he's like, well, honestly, like, if you were a writer, you know, some of the, some of the work you turned in, like, I, I feel like you're, you'd be more in detail oriented or like more focused on like grammar. I forgot what he said, basically, like the whatever, like the schematics, not schematics, but like the mechanics of like mm. what it takes to write, I guess, like the stylistic part. He's like, you're more of a storyteller. And I was kind of like, which I kind of get that now. I think a lot of it is just based on the emotion. I'm not thinking of like style or whatever. I'm just saying what comes from me. And I feel like if you don't have like, the, I guess the education or like the thought, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's hard to explain because I haven't thought about this in so long. But basically I feel like he was just telling me just, you're not a writer, fucking give up. And I almost was like, oh my God, he doesn't think I'm a writer. But I'm like, well, first of all, this guy's a college professor. Do I see his screenplay being awarded best screenplay in like in the Oscars? No. Put his name out there. Who was it? I don't I forgot his name. So, but guess what? I haven't seen him. So I mean, of course, like of course he's trained in this. He probably knows better than me. I haven't written a screenplay yet. So whatever. I mean, I wrote it in that class, but it just felt really I felt really discouraged. It just sucks because it's like these yeah. are people who should be helping build bridge that gap, you know? And I realize like defending for themselves. Yeah, I realize I'm 30 years old and I'm still not over my college experience in many ways. It's, I should be over it, but it definitely has done a number on me in terms of just like my confidence. Yeah, it's called PTSD. Yeah, and and that's different the, forms of it. Yeah, and I feel like people hear like P- like college like trauma. It wasn't anything like physical or like I didn't. No one harmed. No one harmed me. There, I know there were people in our school who were harmed by people. So yeah. that that stuff exists. Yeah. For for me, yeah. it's more just like my mental health, which is messed up from just being in that environment. I went because like I was like I think what I had going for me when I was in high school was that I was a smart one, and of course Chicago public the school I went to that wasn't that hard to do honestly. Like I mean, it was a class of forty people. I was valedictorian. One thing about it, I said this is a joke. Why did I think I was so intelligent? I mean, I am intelligent, but I thought I was like so smart. You know, got to my head. You know. You know, I might not be like popular. I might not have a boyfriend, whatever, but at least I'm smart, right? And then I go to college and I'm like, dang. Well, that's a different entity. College in itself, especially it's so colleges hard. like Oberlin are just really intense in their own way. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard people yeah. say that they went to grad school and they did less work there than they did in Oberlin. Yeah. Like it's fucking real. And I feel like and not then, a lot of people get that. And then I went to a school that is not even, it's not even open anymore. It's closed down because it couldn't meet like the apartments. Yeah. Um, and also, like, in my school for college prep, a backup school is community college. Same. When I went, I went to a coffee shop at Oberlin. Some girl was like, you know, Oberlin was, like, my third choice. I'm like, bitch. A little bitch, I didn't even college. know what it was. I was just there. I never I heard never of it. I checked it out before I got the fucking scholarship. I should have, because I don't know if I would have gone, but here we are. And I think what's important is that at the end of it all, yes, we were able to escape it. But I don't know. There are people who always, like, talk highly about their alma mater and how like they want to go back and they want to give back and etc and I think it's really cool and badass that they have that experience but I feel like similar to you I feel like I was so fucking sheltered when I was in Oberlin that it was a culture shock being able to understand how I belong and even when I was like with that story that I told you earlier with that professor from a different school who was basically like doing shit um that happened my senior year so by then I felt more comfortable with like how to navigate stuff on campus. But even in that moment, and even now, as I think back on it, that fucking imposter syndrome does not fucking leave me. Like, 
it's just, and even at work sometimes, like, yes, I'm doing what I can, but I'm always wondering if, if the sort of praise that I'm getting, is it really because I'm doing well, or if it's more because I don't know if sympathy is the right word, but sometimes I feel like I haven't earned it. Cause I feel like I've, there's so much more that I could have done. And I feel, and like reminiscent Oberlin, it's like, sometimes I still have those moments where I'm just like, cool. We graduated from this intense ass four year institution. And I think going back to this idea of like, but what have I done with this education? Like why, why did they even give me the scholarship? Was it because I needed another Latina or was it because I'm actually smart? Oh my God, Jess. Now I'm- that I'm there, like, I don't know. It's just like, now that I've graduated, it's like, cool. But was this a joke or was I really meant to get this? And it sucks mm-hmm. because yes, I got it. And yes, I should embrace it. And yes, it's like a sense of independence and power. But like that sentiment of like, is this all a stimulation? Did I even deserve it? Like what the fuck is real? What the fuck is not? It's fucking real to me. Yeah. And it's still like, it's still there. And I think that's why, especially when it comes to the job search in this modern day for me, it's always so hard for me to hit submit on documents or like, or submitting cover letters because as I'm reading these descriptions, I'm just like internally, I'm like, I don't have what they need. And then someone else is sending me the exact same thing. Like, Hey, you should look into this. I thought of you internally. I'm like, but that's not what I'm capable of delivering because I don't think I'm worth that. You know, it's rough. Something I learned about being in corporate for a while is that a lot of like, a lot of it is you just having to frame your experience in a way that matches what they're looking for. Just try your best. It sucks. I hate, it's not lying, but like, if I, like, if I was, uh, like, if I said, like, I could tell you, I'll just schedule interviews. No, I was managing the coordination of interviews for the, for the team of many practices. Like just, I scheduled about 500 interviews in one year. And that's a true number. Someone pulled that for me. But just you know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be like, I looked at your brochure. I see you got no Latinas. I think you need me, bitch. By the way, I know at least five other black women who are much better than the girl in the fucking brochure that you posted in your fucking website. How about I get you their contact info? That's what I'm gonna start doing. I'm to about translate to-, to translate that in corporate. Um, I was looking at your diversity uh, initiative. What are your plans to incorporate more diversity in the workplace? Girl, you know what my last question was, and I think that's why I didn't get the the job. Actually, that's the other thing I'm noticing, and this is me just who I am I feel like the questions that I ask sometimes internally people and I wonder if this is true start to question whether or not I'll be too much of a riot because like one of the questions that I asked let me see if I can remember it was I see that your company has not had any publications regarding your latest DNI efforts so based on what you've seen within the past year and based on where you want to be five years from now what does DNI mean to you more specifically what efforts are being implemented now how do you think my role will come into play boom they're like, oh my God, like good. Well, question. honestly, like, that but th- that's a great question, but also it should be a simple answer. Like if they they don't have that, they gotta work on that. Hell yeah. Like I know, and I asked that question too, and they were just like a one simple like line of like, yeah, we love DNI here, like sure you do. Right. You, and like we you know a company, okay. I went, okay, they 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 rejected me, so I don't care. I'm not gonna say their name, but they rejected me, so I'm gonna talk about their ass. Um, in, the, in, the video, in the video they gave me to like introduce the role the job first person I see was a black girl with braids I was like this there's no I was like and that you know what that meant to me there's no black people at this company there's that one girl and she just doing work in her hardest she might even be in HR which a lot of such a lot of people of color in HR I feel like yeah, yeah I noticed and I'm gonna join them because I'm trying to work in recruiting in HR yeah experience my experience so far um 
what I was going to say, but yeah, it's, you should have that. You should have your an answer to that. And I also was thinking too, like when I go on a job interview, I'm all like, I want to get a job. I want to get a job, but really it should be like, do I like this? Do I match? Like, mm. and honestly, the two jobs that I d- got, uh, that I got rejected for, I am disappointed, but I, re- but I think it was a good, good thing. Cause I think one of the jobs would have stressed me out. The other one would have bored me to death. And I think the reason why I didn't get the other job was because of my, I, I now know how to talk about the salary question. Um, oh yeah, you did professionally, but I, I just said, I was honest. I said, well, I'm wearing 60 K <laughs> they're like, was oh. that too much for them? the range they want they're giving is 40 40k like 40 to something 50. I'm like, i feel like 60k is like the new like 30k which how shit is going like yeah. honestly like 52k should be the minimum in my it opinion it's it sad i'm not even earning that i'm only earning like 47k right now that's and that's insane. with a promotion and for all that you go that. through that's insane <laughs> and then also like and annoyed me though because they were telling I, I asked very good questions in interview. I was like, so in term, what is your rec- recruiting coordinator? Is it more of like a process role, or or and will I have any say in like um, strategy? Like he, they were just saying, oh, this is like a new role. We're figuring out a TA team. I have I have experience where I can help out figure out what a recruiting coordinator could do. So I know, but what that probably means is that they probably couldn't pay me forty something k. I will probably ask for more because like, look. I'm like, that's fucking sad. I have though. about like two years. You should I, so 40k would not work. So that's a good thing they didn't hire me. Because they would have definitely overworked you for like bare minimum. Oh yeah, especially like this, this was such a new. This is this is a new department. Oh hell no! So I was like, oh yeah, I would have been. It would have been stressful, and I would have been like, um, yeah. Okay, know. not that we're here for sponsorships, but honestly, I love Glassdoor. Um, yes, Glassdoor. Get that seller. Because it's basically the Yelp of corporations and businesses. People are out here to spill the tea. Like, y'all should Google on Glassdoor or y'all should Glassdoor Bubbly Dynamics. I'm not going to say who used to work there, but oh, that is the most honest review of all times. And it's accurate because I've seen the person who works there and everyone else in between, like how they were treated. And it's like spot on. Like, honestly, it's like one of the worst experiences i think anyone has ever experienced before so but damn girl okay well how my week went no i'm kidding wait we no we kind of talked wait we were talking about each other's weeks i forgot where we That's started. How it started and then we dove into like this our individual life. stuff oh yeah by the way hi everyone this is bbl <laughs> i'm angie i'm jess welcome and this is just like our shoot the shit episode we're just talking about stuff just like we have no topic I know. In case I couldn't tell, we just went right in. Yeah, which I think is is great because this is like what our actual conversations are like. Just yeah, for real though, they'd be all over the place, but they'd oh, be getting deep. They'd be getting deep. We're, I mean, when you're smart women like we are, like how can nothing get deep? I well, I should make a sponsorship for myself. I'm I'm really feeling myself today for some reason. That sounds like an OnlyFans ad. Go ahead. Shut Go up. Look here. You Look, talk. Hold on. I just know how much. Just talks about better. how sometimes I say crazy shit. Seems to be turning things I say sexual recently, and I'm like, I have more class than that. I did talk about the girth of a microphone earlier, but don't let's not count that. <laughs> you spent like a good five minutes on that shit. <laughs> Ew, she was trying to deep throat that shit, y'all. That's nasty. That's Why expensive. are you talking like that? <laughs> that's how you hold a. That's how you hold a microphone. What are you talking about? Look. Girl, nasty. Okay, like it's not my fault. 
A microphone's a very phallic in nature. Okay, since we're talking about throats, let me tell you what happened today. <laughs> what a transition. Horrible transition. So I have my dentist appointment today. For those that know me well, would know that I fucking hate the dentist just because I had a really horrible and traumatic experience before the pandemic where this dumbass dentist on 55th and Kenzie told me I needed a root canal. So he went in and I felt everything. In conclusion, that happened three times where I had to go back and he's like, the infection is actually inside. You have to go to the specialist. But I was like, fuck you, because that specialist was his best friend. So they were just making money off each other, right? Bullshit. So then I ended up going to this other dentist who was like, yeah, they did a number on you. So they were perfect. They were professional. It was great. But then I had to find a dentist that had like, could give me a crown. And I'm like, fuck, no, I'm not going to back to you. So I found this spot and they're great and they're wonderful. And they're always like very calm. Okay. So all that to say, about a month ago, I started to notice that like my teeth were hurting. And prior to that, I already had a cavity filled in. So I was like, fuck, I think I might have cracked a tooth. Anyways, all that to say, I went to my dentist appointment today. I was nervous as shit. Went in there. The dental hygienist, she loved me. We was vibing <laughs> because the moment I walked in there, I was like, yeah, my teeth hurt. And then she looked at my teeth and she's like, oh, girl, you barely have teeth. And I was like, shit. <laughs> I just so we have her as a guest. She could shade you and your teeth on, right? on air. We were just, I was just going in because she said that. <laughs> I grind my teeth a lot at night. I mean, that's, I, I have a mouth guard at night and like, even that is already like falling apart. So then she's like, where does it hurt? So she was testing me and I was like, okay, it's sensitive. Please stop. And then she found the other spot and I'm like, you can stop, but they're not cavities. It's just that I grind my teeth so much that it's actually falling apart. Like oh my, legit, God. my teeth are literally oh. so much that they're like sanding each other down. It's fucking wild. All that to say, she was giving me shit. And then I was giving her shit. And at some point, she's like, do you floss? And then I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to cap, girl. I have not been flossing consistently. Her response was, I know. I can tell. And I was like, so why are you asking? She's like, you know, a lot of patients would be like, yeah, totally. But then their gums start bleeding and there's blood everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not even going to front. Like, I ran out of floss and have had no floss for six months. She's like, you had six months, Jessica. And I was like, okay. So right now, as I'm recording, like, my mouth really fucking hurts. At least they're glossy. See? Yes. Oh, yes. Glossiness. Um. Wait, how is it going to Your teeth are loose because you grind them? not loose. It's just like when you grind your teeth, they start to wear each other out. So, like... Your teeth are made up of different things. So like the enamel is supposed to be like the meaty part of the tooth before you get to like its protective layer, which is like where the nerves are at. Mm -hmm. My enamel is pretty bad. Um, All that to say that at the end, the doctor, the dentist was basically like, you need Botox. So next time you see me, I'm going to roll up in here looking like this. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> are you serious? You're going to get Botox? Is yeah. that what you need? So when I go back, they're going to fill in that cavity. He said, I have a cavity over here. It's not a cavity. It's just, he needs to fill it in. So I, it doesn't wear off. And then the top, but then so, he her Botox for the muscles that are actually creating that clench. And I'm like, oh. I need research. He proposed it last time, but I said, no. Cause I was like, the fuck you just want my money, but no, I need it. Like it's supposed to stiffen. Well, no, the dental hygienist said it's supposed to paralyze. Whoa. my muscles in the jaw Great word 
right? And I was like, great. So I'm going to like leave here, like just smiling at dumbass hoes. And she just busted out laughing. I was like, so you're telling me you're going to like, I'm just going to be grinning at people all day. Like dumbasses. This is but- so funny. The reason why our, our name is BBL was because we were like, this is so funny. We're calling our podcast BBL because we were the last people to get BBLs. Now you're getting Botox. So it's we're not, not that <laughs> we're not that far away from the BBL arena now. No, I'm a little nervous because he said he's gonna like do stuff to my muscles during the next session. And I'm nervous because I haven't told him that I have some undiagnosed autoimmune thing that deals with muscles and bones. Oh, that's so- important. You need to tell him that, Jess. But a bitch is gonna get Botox. Turn up. I I blame the name <laughs> of the pod. We're losing it. We're losing who we are. We get it. We got 10 listeners and we're losing our minds. Come at me, Obamacare. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't they don't accept that. Um, but yeah, that's what they told me. So I might need um so it's either that before shit gets so bad that like my teeth need to be and they need to be uh transplants if it gets really bad. Mm-hmm. So he asked, my dentist was like, do you actually grind your teeth? Are you, I'm like, look, I become more aware that I grind my teeth when I'm pissed off at work. And they both laughed. I'm like, but it's very serious. I grind my teeth at least three times a day at work because people piss me off. And one of them was like, well, do you work with people? I'm like, don't you Hello. work with people? Don't you get pissed? <laughs> Yo, apparently I'm a comedian to these fuckers. It's great. Well, you're you're pretty funny. I have to say. Whatever. Oh, I don't know why. Just a thing. Wait, well, what I was gonna say, I forgot. Oh, sometimes I get lockjaw, not frequently, but there have been occasions where, like, Botox. <laughs> That's called that TMA, I think. We're gonna call our podcast Botox Gals. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know, just sometimes I think I do, I think also I do clench my jaw. I don't think in the same way as often as you do, but then thanks for a moment. I'm not saying it as a competition, I'm just dating fast. <laughs> Jeez, you're out here like I'm not as stressed as you. <laughs> I, I have to say, I'm an anxious bitch, and I met you, and I'm like, wow, I think I have good. <laughs> bitch, I'd be anxious over everything. I was anxious over the fucking Zoom thing two seconds ago. Yeah, fuck? I'm like, either I found my partner in crime and anxiety, or I've been severely uh beat beaten. Like or maybe the- I just haven't been on. Un- uh, maybe I'm just undiagnosed. Low key, I might need. Uh, what is it called? Zola. Maybe. I think once I get health insurance, I think that's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Look, it's depressing. We're like, once I get health insurance, get that Botox. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I am gonna go down the route of of ADHD medication or seeing no. if ADHD. Because I'm like, why am I? The worst case scenario, someone tells me no, and then I just got to deal with my craziness without a without an without a name for it. <laughs> craziness. I think there's maybe there's something that's been on there for sure. I honestly do think I don't know if I told you this. I took one of those online oh. tests. I shouldn't have, but I have like moderate ADHD, and I figured that. Me too. I think I do have it because my biggest thing is when I see something dirty. It, I can't like let it go like I need to uh, do something with it to clear my mind or when something doesn't make sense it's so cloudy in my head that I'm just like I can do other things but in my head I'm just thinking about that one thing and I, I'm like talking to people and out of nowhere I'm like distracted because I'm thinking about that one thing it's weird so I took a yeah. test 
And I think also the indicator is that it's not a uh, like I've heard like uh, for me, I think I have ADHD because like for cleaning for me is such a, a stress for me. Like I have to plan out everything and don't get everything off my list. And this cleaning stresses me out. Like that's one thing. I will spend the whole day just trying to finish cleaning one area of my apartment and I didn't do anything else because I was just hyping myself up to just do that one thing. Yeah. And I'm someone who starts it's, the, it's the paralysis. Go, yeah, no, then I go in too deep when I start cleaning. But also like if I don't address it, I realize that I have this unleashed sense of anger that I can't control. Like I just get overwhelmed and angry and sometimes I start to cry. And I realize that that's actually called an overstimulation. Yes. And I didn't know that. And that happens usually again when that's my trip, like that's my trigger. Like poor Kevin. I feel bad, but now I know what and, it is. And of course, TikTok isn't a verified source. So check WebMD. I'm well, kidding. <laughs> that's also not a also great source either. I know doctors be tired of us. Like I, I went to school for how many years and you're gonna Google what this, whatever. But um someone mentioned how like they feel like people who are neurodivergent, you might not know you have it but people who are neurodivergent end up flocking together so we could both have adhd because we're really good friends we're best friends who knows maybe it's also just our anxiety or in my case it could also well you're not are you depressed i don't think i've been diagnosed for depression i don't think i'm depressed but i think i'm very i'm i'm anxious i'm anxious and i have my depression and we and we do have some like family things in common that would make sense that we're we're anxious people yeah all our traumas yeah so it's I think yeah. Let's talk about something more fun, more happy. Um, well, actually, Botox. Not, not Botox. We need to get away from that. The <laughs> reason why this title I works. Someone else to encourage me to do it. No, you I should really do it on my forehead. You should do too. it because it's medical. But don't go Say that. No. Don't go crazy. Say no more. First of all, first of all, your face you doesn't need Botox. I do think I'm gonna be super super like old old lady for a second i feel like we overdo it with the plastic surgery nowadays i met a girl gorgeous girl she's 24 has botox are you fucking kidding me where i think a botox is usually like oh not but maybe fillers oh those are horrible so it's like you are a child first not a child but you know you're not like now i can like i'm 30 now and i can see this part it's gonna get wrinklier wrinklier because i'm always that and I'm not going to stop smiling. I love to smile. I love to laugh. So these areas are going to be really wrinkly. I can start to see it now because I'm getting older. She got nothing to see yet. She's still, her skin is still. Yeah, what's her worry? Not having enough sugar daddies? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> not having enough subscribers. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Why? It's a serious question. No comment. No, she she's happy. She's, she's happy with her man. But anyway. Maybe uh, it's her man who's asking her to do it. No, I think she just, you know, it's funny. Really hot people um, are very insecure or they do a lot of work to keep up with their hotness. If I was hot, I wouldn't do anything. You see the makeup I have? I will have no makeup, just cocoa butter. Okay. I wouldn't do anything. I'd be like, why? You see this face? I don't have to do nothing. To do make it to be pretty. Look at me. I'm hot. Like, and I'm like, it's amazing how I guess the closer you are to like the, the standard of beauty, you are also more anxious about it. Because you're trying to maintain it. You have all yeah. these pressures from like family members, your significant others, friends. All I know is a girl has bushy ass eyebrows and 
that's in now that's in now that's that's in now bushy eyebrows you're welcome world thank you frida yeah and also i just want to fuck no no sorry (laughs) 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 um yes eventually he's available (laughs) but uh i just want to say i hate like the early 2000s for making me thread my eyebrows so much like i barely have any eyebrows uh, so I don't thread my eyebrows anymore because I'm trying to get them to grow. Cause like, if I thread my eyebrows, they're going to be like a little snake of an eyebrow on my, on my head. I want the bushy eyebrow look. I think it looks more natural. Girl, so I've been, I've been like threading my eyebrows since like 2015. Well, and like, well, you have naturally bushy eyebrows. So you probably need to, because like you need to manage it. it probably grows really big, but I don't, mine doesn't grow that great. Like I have to like shave like my, between my eyebrows. Cause I have little hairs that come out. Um, but yeah. Oh, should I talk about the date I had? This yeah, we can end on that. Let's do it. So let's talk about dates. Okay. I'll talk about the recent date I just had. Now, one thing I learned about myself. Well, actually, I want to say, um, first, I want to say this too, because because my parents made me upset when they said this to me. I'm very proud of myself that I rejected, rejected this guy to his face. Good. I honestly am proud of you. When you texted me that you did it, I was honestly like very, very proud of you because it's not easy to do, but you got to vocalize yeah. your needs. And, and what I, that me romantically, like you got to prioritize you, dude. And I did it in a public space. So it wasn't like we're in the woods somewhere. I know my parents, like I told my parents what happened and they were like, you know, sometimes you got to be careful with guys' ego because sometimes guys with Bruce egos do really scary stuff. And, and they're correct. Men like do really terrible shit to women because they don't um like appreciate their advances or whatever but my thing is that's not my problem if i die if if i get killed if he if he shot me whatever that's really dramatic but yeah what the fuck that's taking it out if he shot me i hope he goes to jail because that was unfounded also not to be that person but my drastic ass over here it's like if that's something that I would have heard when I was younger. I think it would have been really difficult for me to get away from uncomfortable and unsafe scenarios that could have been permanent. So like, mm-hmm. again, I don't talk about this often, but yes, like I grew up in a household where unfortunately domestic violence was a thing, right? Same. But I feel like that's the sort of sentiment and sort of framework that my mom's family would give her which is why she didn't leave that relationship to start with. And like, once you start putting that in your head, it's like, maybe they're right. Like it could be worse, you know, like you should never be in that sort of circumstance. So I get what they meant, but I feel like, fuck it. Some men need to get their egos burst. And, yeah, but, you know, but I'll, honestly, you're being safe. Like, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. And also at the same time, although I hated they said that, there are other ways I protect myself because we can't trust yeah. the government the men in our lives or just like in general, like to take care of women who have been um, hurt by women. Like there's a reason why yeah. I'm so anxious about online dating. Cause I know if something happens to me, someone's going to ask, wait, why did you go to his house? Why did you meet up with Never go to a guy's house. Yeah. That's what, also kudos to you for sharing your look. Wait, you didn't share your location, but kudos to you for letting us know. Yeah. But okay. Just to explain. So this day, okay. First of all, the guy was cute. So he looked like his picture. That was fine. I just <laughs> want to give him some kudos. He was cute. Okay. Um, something I learned and I'm going to try doing this because I realized this, I, I, I'm a good texter, but I'm also a good in person. So when I text you, you're going to meet the same vibe in person, 
But for okay. some people, that's not the case. They're more better via text versus in person. But and, he one of those? Huh? Yes, he was. He, he was. And also, because I noticed, like, I mean, of course, I crave romantic love. I crave romantic attention. Girl, say that um, again. I crave romantic love. <laughs> romantic <Thank you>. love. <laughs> um, but I think in other areas of my life, I, I am filled with love for my friends, for my family. So I think sometimes when I'm dating, online dating, I sometimes just look for that quick attention so sometimes so that's i text guys like via the app or maybe he has my he had my instagram i blocked him now but i yeah my instagram um it would text and like ask him questions like what is your love languages whatever just like whatever dating questions or whatever and it's fine but then because i did that i didn't have anything to ask on the date and y'all he was so (laughs) awkward and I'm, i'm finding now too like i think most people were more forgiving of our friends or like people we're trying to make friends versus people we're trying to make our like mm. first or boyfriends or whatever i don't mm. want to teach you how to be a human i don't want to teach you how to talk to people if you're not ready to talk to talk to me or like get to know me or be in a relationship then don't talk to me i want you to be ready to do, do all that i'm not trying to work on you please so he might have been nervous and anxious because he was excited to see me but i don't care learn how to not be anxious on the first day i'm not trying to that's real you know, but yeah. I mean, it was, first of all, the first thing he said to me was this, oh my God, you look so beautiful. I was like, oh, thank you. Okay. That was fine. The first time that was fine. Girl, I love a compliment. I'm a Leo. Yeah. You're a fucking Leo. I'm over here like, okay, bitch. I know. I love compliments. I've been trying to teach you how to appreciate compliments when I give them to you, but you're not for it. Um, I'm not for it. But Sorry. then the second time was like, oh my God, like you're, you're so gorgeous. Like your pictures were gorgeous, but in person, you're so gorgeous. Okay, that's weird now. And then I was that's like, weird. okay, have you ever met a woman before? Like, do you know how to, like, it just felt really weird to me that he was forced. so- Did it feel it, forced? It felt, no, it didn't feel, I think he was honest. It just felt like he was very, I felt more like a object than like being appreciated, mm. you know? Yeah. And also I have a thing too. So this guy, so this guy was Indian and I'm black and Indian. And I find sometimes when I date, black men and indian men too like because of, i'm mixed these might fed not fetishize me like exotify me in a way because it's like i'm like this different mix like i'm sort of familiar but i'm not familiar so when he talked to me like that it felt like he was just like oh my god you're so beautiful and like mm. it felt like it, like he was doing the most and like we just had nothing in common guys like nothing in common um also i i find it really weird when men are shocked that i don't like sports because like I mean, it's a stereotype. There are women who do like sports, but it's a stereotype that girls don't like sports. So if I don't like sports, you don't, and you like sports, we can talk about other things. There has to be something else we can have in common. Yeah. But for you to be like, oh, you don't like the NFL? Like, no. Like, oh, fuck no. Boring ass shit. There's math involved in shit. <laughs> no one wants that. Wait, NFL is football. Yeah, no one wants that shit. <laughs> talk about yards and feet. The fuck? Just throw the, the ball. Fuck? And like, it was so funny. I was like, okay. And I was, I was trying to be like, like, I really had to be the person to make this comp- this date not oh, awkward because it was awkward so I, I was being flirting i was like okay this question is going to determine if we can date or not this is very yeah. serious What'd you he's, ask like, him? he's like okay i said do you like harry potter bitch and, get out and he was like yeah of course who doesn't like harry potter i said okay good so what house are you in what what house you know what houses are no i said then you never watch harry potter it's a while watch the movie once i said that doesn't count you don't like harry potter then you don't you don't that also you know what that screams too that screams that he's a liar because if you don't know the basics of Harry Potter, I'm fucking, I'm not like diehard. Yeah. Harry like, Potter fan. like I know the made the force be with you, but I'm not going to say, I, I'm not going to be like, I'm a Star Wars fan. Like th- that's an yeah, I'm the blue light. Saber. No, whatever. Anyways, all that to say, like, 
like you said, it's pop culture. Like it's everywhere. You would know Gryffindor. Hello. Two yeah. points for Gryffindor. Anyone would get that context for him to be like, what hunks? And I was telling my dad, too. I was like, dad, is so weird. This guy is studying to have a master's. He showed me a picture of like his things he was studying for. That shit looks so complicated. What is he? What is he majoring? I don't remember. I really blocked this guy. Blocked this guy out of my head after that day. I was like, oh god. <laughs> um, was it a STEM? At least STEM or business? It's something technology. Something technology. I think that's why. Um, but that's I was why. like, how is this guy smart and he doesn't know how to talk? No, bitch. Look, I work in a technical school. These bitches don't have social cues. Yeah. It's the most uncomfortable thing ever. Sorry, you had to experience that. But yeah. girl, carry on. And then um, what was the thing he said? So we were texting. And in the past, I'm not going to lie. I like to give a little sexy text. But I learned to not do that. Because when I do a little sexy text, I'm the awkward person. So I don't do that. But he was trying to get there. But I was like, no, we're not going to do that. He respected that. But then he also one time he called me babe in text. Guys, I never met this man. The only person that can call me babe is if you're my boyfriend. That's when you can call me babe. So I was like, that. I was like, that is too early. I don't know you, gross. So he mentioned in the person. I'm mad. Like, why? Because you don't want me to say babe. I said, yeah, because that's weird. I'm sorry, but at that point, how long after that did you end up being on the on the date? I don't know. I mean, honestly, I just was wanting to, to get the meal out of it. <laughs> I was gonna eat them go. Honestly, after like sitting down with him, I was like, this isn't gonna go anywhere. Oh no. I just kind of it I just felt like I mean I had a but I'm also kind of new already. Like after our last conversation, I was like, this isn't gonna go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna be respectful, you know. But fuck respectability. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta be like, Yeah, no. I'm here for the meal. You suck. Well, I mean, of course, I just thought I would have rejected someone. So that's when you know you you have good manners. Okay. But like, you know, I still wanted to like give it a chance, whatever. I don't know. He was cute enough to give him a chance. So if if you hear this dude, you're cute. So be okay with that. Everything else, calm down. I'll do the rest of the, I'll do the rest of the synopsis. Okay. You might be cute, but you know what? You have no motherfucking social skills and you could do better. Next time, read the fucking room. And next time, make sure you give up the girl a fucking space for her to clear her mind, to let her know how she's really feeling because you end up like taking it so personally. It's not always personal. Yeah. And then also like he, in the middle of the day, he was like, cause he asked me if I ever dated an Indian guy before. And I said, uh, uh, yeah but it's only been like only made it past the first date that's just how it's been like yeah and then he mentioned on the day he was like oh so how's this date with this indian guy I was like, it's still happening and if i were to be I'm, honest i'd be like this is and if i were gonna be honest i'm like this is boring as hell boring as shit i feel also believe you can feel like you can be aware of the emotional or like the vibe multiple people in a room just two of us here if i can if i feel awkward you also should feel that i'm awkward so to ask that question is crazy like you can tell something's off and so i mean he said some other crazy oh he said what he said this was this is crazy he was like so oh god so how do you oh this was like the final red flag (laughs) y'all he said this is only the seven years yeah, this is the final red flag. I was like, he's like, so how do you feel about Africans? No, why would he say that? Girl, because I tell people I'm black, I get those some of the dumbest questions ever. It's crazy. Why it's why like, you say that? I should have been, I should have just been there, like would, in the freaking earpiece, so... helping you out. No, but I was like, uh, 
what do you what do you mean right, right, yeah they're right. fine yeah. like he goes oh yeah just like they're very nice I was like yeah I feel like he was trying to open the door to racist commentary no no but look but look this is what he said so yeah you know like because Africa like because Africans are different from like like black Americans and I was like yeah because they're African and we're American <laughs> and then he goes like yeah like but they're like very different and to me it felt like more like oh like like african people are better than african-american people and that's like a whole like sentiment like africans sometimes think they're better than african-american people I, honestly a lot of people from the african diaspora think they're better than african-americans or black americans however you want to say it it's a thing i'm not even going to dive into that because i don't have the rhetoric nor like the context but yeah but i've, I've heard some shit so i, I was it. like i know i knew this also i had a date with the korean caribbean guy that said some crazy shit to me and i was like are you serious you know what oh. i also had a deal with a caribbean guy once again the guy who twerked with the them hosts wait a the minute hoes. my husband's half caribbean what am i talking about oh yeah he is what, what? wait <laughs> <laughs> what were you trying to do there were I, you trying to like steal drums that was very air, air horns Okay, but I'm not done. Okay, so then after that, I, I thought it was over. No, it's over. I'm sorry. I'm gonna wrap it up. Okay, so then I I did. I, I was a genius uh, by accident. I went to the bathroom, asked Megan and Jess if how should I ended it. They were gonna ask to tell him. Oh, you gotta go early. I was like, oh, fuck. I told him I had nothing else to do later. But I was there in the bathroom for so long that like, he paid for the bill. Because honestly, guys, the date was so bad. I was gonna pay for half. I didn't want to give him any ideas that this was a date. So, I think you got the context. I think you got the context. No, but no, he, but no, he's in denial. Cause like at the end of it, I was like, he's like, he asked me, do you want to hang out after? And I was just like, yeah, sure. We can walk around. And my plan was we're going to walk on Michigan Avenue. And I could be like, oh, that's oh. my bus. I was like, that's my bus stop. I could just take the bus now. And that would have been like a nice, graceful exit. But he wanted to sit in his car. And I had a vibe that this guy who also I mentioned, I forgot to tell me, he was like, I, I want to take you to India, he told me. Like, when are you free? And like, I just met this guy, he wants to take me on a trip. He's so trying he, so hard to get in your pants. I'm sorry. Right. It's so, desperate vibes. Right, so it gave me the vibe that like, if I'm wearing a car with you, you're going to fill me up. Okay, so we leave the restaurant and he and, and he went to go in the car with me and I was like, uh, no, he's like, look, look, I'm not trying anything. Like, don't get any ideas. I was like, no, no I think I honestly, because, and, and I was like, just, I just was exhausted. I couldn't have any space yeah. on Things. So I just said sorry you know I just think we're this is a, it was more of like a friendly thing than a date like, no 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 I don't want you to think like I'm not trying to although you yeah, called yeah. me babe and talked about taking me to taking me to India you're not trying to whatever dude I didn't say that but that was in my mind and he was just I was just like no sorry and I was just like honestly I just want to go home <laughs> like I told him I just want to go home uh-uh. he, was like, he was he looked hurt and I felt a little bad just because like, he told me he had a bad day he like took off of work to come to this date and had to mix up with like scheduling and stuff. I felt a little bad about that. So now I'm just adding I to it. I feel bad because he mixed up that scheduling. No, no, no I'm just saying. No, here's the no, I get it. No, I understand. But at the same time, it's like one, he mixed up his schedule. He could have easily rescheduled, but it sounds like he forgot. Second of all. True. At the end of the day, he took a day off. Like he's using that for self-care. Like he's using it to his yeah. advantage. So like the fact that he also took the day off I'm assuming he was working the night shift. Yeah, it was like he was going to be there by 11 or something. That or screams that he wants to take you to his home. Like That's true, yes. That's okay. Like, I think of anything, 
he could hang out with his friends afterwards and drink some tea or yes. whatever. So but, anyway, but like I so I like gave him a hug, like a half church hug by and I went. And that felt so <laughs> awkward. And I felt and then later on when I was with Megan, because I because I actually had the best night. I, I went to Megan's place. I helped her with her date. I drank tequila. We smoked some weed. I went to Chipotle. I bought some cookies. And then I came home eating cookies. Wow. And then oh, it so good. FaceTiming my friends, seeing me. It was the best night ever. But when I was with, with Megan, uh, he texted me. He was like, just to let you know, I wasn't trying to be desperate or anything. You sending a text message afterwards trying to justify your sentiment screams two things. One, you recognize that this was an uncomfortable experience for Angie. So mm-hmm. therefore, you're trying to get the last word. Or mm-hmm. two, maybe you were desperate, but you're covering up your tracks by stating that you're not. And I get it. I'm a beautiful lady. But calm your tits. Calm your tits. <laughs> so funny. But anyway, but anyway, yeah, but that was it. But it was funny because like, I'm also just proud of myself because like, just yes. you know me. I'm trying to really work hard at being expressing myself and being like what I feel like and also ghosting I'm so used to ghosting it doesn't really feel good to be ghosted or like ghosting people like I don't like to do it just it's just it's actually more comfortable for me to ghost yeah than to reject someone because it also made me have to like be the asshole yeah this guy's gonna go to his friends be like this bitch did this to me and that you know so I'm if part of being an honest person is like realizing that you're going to be the villain in someone's story and that's okay that's okay but also like i've been i've been in um i was once in a date with this dude who i wasn't interested in and the date happened again and i still wasn't interested in him but i feel bad this was like early stages of dating where i didn't know how to like set up boundaries so i feel bad and so one of my friends was like all you gotta say is like i don't want to lead you on and I'm like, but I don't have the courage to send that message. So she wrote it. And the guy was like, honestly, I respect you saying that rather than like still going on these dates if you're not feeling comfortable. So like men who get it will get it. Trust me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he, like the guy was just so immature. And like, I'm not shocked. And I'm glad this happened with him versus someone that like I was very excited about. And it's just a good learning experience. Yes, you know? it is. Yeah. So, but with but that, now, if anyone out there knows of anyone that they can step Angie with, let them know. Yeah. Um. Just don't mention that I deep throated the mic on this. I didn't actually deep throat. She did it. She did it. It was. It was a joke, guys. She thought. I'm not that skilled. Ew. I don't need to know all that. I said I'm not that skilled, so that you know means you know. Ew. What else? Oh wait, I want to ask you this question actually, and we could cut this part off. This is this is weird. Oh, okay. Because okay. I always thought about this because because I am. Is this a for now question or a next episode question? No, this. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Um. So because I'm I'm mixed, I find sometimes like especially with like black men, sometimes they like they prefer me because I'm mixed, and also I got that with Indian men too. But I know like black men also prefer Latinas too. Basically, black men prefer any. A lot of black men prefer, yeah, or just you know, just not black women. But and I know I have the habit. If I see black people, black men with women that are not black, I kind of look the. And you are with, you know, your husband. He's black, but like Mm -hmm. knowing you, I know if you were with a black man, I know this man is not like a person with fetishized someone because I know you would be the person to 
notice that because you would ask the right questions because I also do like if I like I tend to be attracted to dark skin and that's just what it is but I ask questions to, to figure out or like I try to listen for any cues that says oh I'm like this I'm like his preference versus like I'm he likes me so like have you had any experiences where like you had to like check people for like making you like feel exotified or are there oh things- yeah once yeah. again, the guy who twerked in the white girls. Why is he like today's theme? He had every single fucking red flag. He was such an asshole. He encompasses all topics we had today. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he had a, I remember it was one of the dates, I think the third date where we were ordering food and a bitch is hungry. It's free food. I'm going to mm-hmm. fucking eat it. And he he said some like weird shit and it made me feel really uncomfortable because it had to do with like my Latinidad. And he he made like weird moaning noises. It was weird, dude. It was really, really uncomfortable in public. And so I had to like put my burger down. And I was like, would you care to like elaborate what that was all about? (laughs) But also like that was really hard for me to do because it was like, but I felt so uncomfortable. But he didn't really talk about it. But, like, over time, I saw how much he exotified Latina women specifically. And, like, the things that he would say or, like, when he would see other Latina women, you can definitely tell that he was invested in, like, their looks and everything. And I'm just, like, this is disgusting. Yeah. You're not a good person, basically. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. But that's the only time. But then when I started dating Kevin, um, one of the questions was, like, realistically, like, we're going to be a biracial, not biracial, interracial couple. Mm -hmm why me and not a black woman like straight up like that's that straight, straight up. up yeah good i was like there's a stigma out there like what would you say and me vice versa right and so we had a pretty open conversation i think he recognized like how things were but he he was very honest about like this isn't about a fetish it's about like who you are as a person and what i look for in a partner so yeah and like just, and this is just an example like Jess is my best friend I trust that if I see if I see her like it's something that won't bother me because I know who she is she would check check that person if they they were to exotify her like I don't think people get upset like why why do black women care like why are they looking at me weird probably because you are perpetuating some dumb shit you're probably like you like my straight hair don't you I love my black men blah 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 you're probably annoying as fuck but you know what even like when we walk around like Kevin and I I don't think I've seen I'm very aware of my surroundings. Don't get me wrong. I am. But I honestly haven't seen that. I think I might have seen it once because it was a predominantly Black business in some part of Boston. And even then, it was fine. Yeah. I mean, and you you are going to get looks at some point if you do get any probably will. Yeah. No, for sure. And by first, I mean, he gets them. I think he gets them more than me. And I get to recognize there's that sense of power, too. I mean, sometimes I tell Kevin like hey I need you to get in front of me because if they come for you I'm about to step in and say something like that's mm-hmm. who I am as a person or like yeah sometimes you say playfully but like realistically like that's where I'm at and Kevin's the kind of person who get, doesn't give any fucks until like yeah it's, real. it's so. definitely an emotional response to looks because like I've given those looks and I look like someone I mean my dad married an Indian woman so why why does it bother me <laughs> I wouldn't be here if he went outside the race but still that just bothers me too because I know like I'm noticing patterns here you know yeah, but I think the one of the things that I've seen with some interracial couples where you could tell that it goes beyond. Okay, so the only image that comes to mind right now is like Kwame and Chelsea. Is that her name? Yeah. From Love is Blind. Yeah. 
in their interactions, you can see that he was all about this Eurocentric vibe that he wanted to get from her. And she had this tendency to kind of have this sort of vibe of I own him. And, you know, people are interpreting that in their own way. Like, I'm, I, this is mine. She's very possessive of him. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's a lot mm-hmm. where it goes beyond. It's not even about love. It's more about the sense of power within that relationship yeah. in itself and how race comes into play. That's what I'm noticing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are some relationships where unfortunately it is like that. You will instantly see when the guy is fetishizing a white woman or when a man of color decides to not pursue someone within their own like ethnicity and vice versa. But I think it comes down with how you present yourself in public and being able to recognize that you both hold a sense of power in some way, shape, and form. And depending on where you're at, one person will have more of it than the other. And being able to respect the spaces and boundaries and recognizing the space that you're taking up within that sort of like relationship too. And I think we, as a couple, at least, we do a good job in being able to respect that and like know know where we fall in line. Because yes, we are two people of color, but still a man. And a light-skinned Latina, so. Yeah. Here's to being aware, okay? And also just, honestly, a lot of this stuff, I think people get kind of discouraged by all the language we use about this stuff. But a lot of it is just caring, too. Just being aware and caring. Not I thought you said caring. I'm like, we're not bringing a month. <laughs> caring, caring. Remember, Angie has problems enunciating. I think, oh, fuck, have you heard me enunciate? Shit. I can barely stick to test room. So it's fine. I think I'm just more aware of it because I did like theater and stuff. So that was always the thing people told me like enunciate. We can't hear you from I the do back presentations. of the house. Huh? I do presentations and I can barely say shit. It's fine. But I find when I edit, like I can always understand you. I can barely, sometimes I can't, I mean, I know what I'm saying, but then if I hear it long enough, I'm like, oh, I can definitely tell that that will be hard to to hear. Okay. All right, girl. Well, that was a good check-in yeah so this is this was just to shoot this shit let's talk about everything episode we covered uh the girth of the microphone uh, <laughs> our weeks imposter syndrome imposter syndrome dentist botox and then interracial marriages interracial no, marriages datings um datings <laughs> dating datings what are you gonna do after we end this what are you, what is your plan for tonight is a Tuesday, right? Oh, it's a Monday. It's bedtime. It's a Monday night. A Monday, guys. Pray for me that I, if you are a Catholic or something, and you put prayers in the mass thing, pray that I'll get a job. <laughs> like I need all, whatever religion you are. If there's prayer circles or whatever, help me because I'm tired of being broke. Manifest that shit. Well, thank you guys for listening to BBL. I'm Angie. No, no. I'm Jessica. hey y'all it's angie do not go yet i have some things i want to tell you now first follow us on spotify this makes it easier for you so whenever an episode drops you will get a notification you can also follow us on instagram at brown underscore broke underscore laughing that's brown underscore broke underscore laughing we post when new episodes come out also you can see some behind the scenes stuff just be in the note of what me and jess are up to and what we're doing with the show but this is also where we'll let you know when episodes gonna drop so you can expect something bi-weekly but make sure to check in on our instagram for further details 
You can also email us at brownbrokelaughing at gmail.com. That's brownbrokelaughing at gmail.com. If you want to be a guest on our show, we had such a great time with Megan that we realized we need to do this more often. We need to have guests. So please, if you're interested, let us know. But thank you for listening and have a great day. Can't wait to hear from y'all. Bye.